The property files acknowledges the traditional custodians and owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to Aboriginal elders past, present and future. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to The Property Files. I'm your host, Aoife Horsley. I'm a buyer and vendor advocate and the director of Ravici Property Group. The Property Files podcast has been created to assist those who are wanting to learn and understand more about the great Australian dream of property ownership. So join us as we assist you to navigate through the often confusing intricacies that can come with this dream. This podcast is your one-stop shop for all things property. In this podcast, we will be speaking in general terms about the property market. This podcast is based on opinion only and should not be taken as replacement for financial advice, accounting advice or legal advice. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm so excited to have today's guest on The Property Files. Sam Maley from Buxton Real Estate Bentley in Melbourne's inner southeastern suburbs is truly one of the best real estate agents that I've ever known and also had the privilege of working with. When I recently saw Sam present at a networking event, he spoke about how he is a person first and an agent second. And I know this is true of Sam. This combination just seems to work for him. His passion and dedication for his clients shines in everything he does. He was named as director of Buxton Real Estate at the tender age of just 24 years old, making him the youngest ever director of any Buxton Real Estate office. And what's more, he was named a director of the Bentley office, which is their number one office in Victoria. Recently, Sam was named as one of Victoria's top 50 real estate agent Young Guns and was featured in the Herald Sun after selling over $103 million worth of property in 2021. So welcome to the podcast, Sam Maley. Thanks for having me, Aoife. No worries. It's always funny when I read out the kind of intros and you hear all of that. Does that... Does that surprise you or does it embarrass you knowing you've won all those awards? Yeah, I've always struggled with compliments yeah. and sort of, you know, fair skin, get mm. blushed. Yeah, it's or, true. Or very true. <laughs> exactly. So, no, it's nice to hear, but it's even better to be here with you. Yeah, well, thank you. So, Sam, thanks again for being here. I guess part of the reason that I'm here is just to kind of chat to you a little bit about what's going on in the current market as one of our top performing agents in Melbourne. So, what's going on in the market from what you're seeing? Yeah, I I guess the best way to put it is it is patchy, Mm. but the good properties are selling well. And what we're finding at the moment, we're breaking a few records as late as last, as recent as last week, I should say. So the turnkey properties are in high demand Mm -hmm. and that's probably in line with just the cost of building and uh, renovating these days as well. But Yeah. yeah, the good ones are selling well. The ones that have got a few drawbacks as far as location issues, floor plan issues, condition issues, whatever it might be. They're just a little bit slower. Yeah. But it's still a very good market. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I was, you know, I talk, talk to clients about this all the time, as I'm sure you do, whether it's the right time to sell, what vendors should be doing. And I think speaking to people like you who are actually eyes and ears on the ground, seeing it firsthand, same as I guess what I'm doing in my advocacy space as well, is good properties are still selling and good properties, A-grade properties will sell regardless of general market conditions anyway. And even those properties that might have, you know, a little bit of compromise, your B and your C or maybe even your D stuff, it still is selling, right? It's just 
taking a little bit longer than maybe it was last year when everything was flying out the door, regardless of location, position, accommodation, you know, all of those sorts of things. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's that fear of loss. Mm. Um, That fear of loss has sort of come out of the market a little bit. So that's when those buyers for those sort of C and D grade properties are sitting back and thinking, no, we're going to consider options. We're going to just keep an open mind. But yeah, I think, as you said, you've hit the nail on the head. Good properties sell in any market. Yeah. And, you know, there's always the question, oh, do we wait? Do we buy now? What do we do? I think the answer is you find the property that works for you. Yeah. If it's your budget, don't try and pick the market. No. Because if we could pick the market, we'd all be squillionaires. Well, exactly. So, yeah, that's yeah. probably the best advice you could give. I mean, I know you're a natural auctioneer. You've been an auctioneer for a number of years believe you've won auctioneering competitions and awards as well. I've heard you do auctions. You're incredible. So do auction campaigns still work for those kind of C and D grade properties in a cooling or plateauing market in the same way that we would have been using them as, you know, the method of sale last year, for example? Yeah, absolutely. I I think, you know, it's not one size fits all Mm. as far as auctions concerned. I guess what it comes down to is location condition and the floor plan of those C and D grade properties and sitting down with those owners and really getting that first meeting right. Mm. And where I think a lot of agents don't get the process right is not having that heart-to-heart conversation from the get-go. So it's all about positioning the property in the market where you see value and then where you see value if the competition then comes and then sees value at that point and hopefully beyond. Well, that's the way you go about an auction process. Mm, so mm. there's still competition. It's all, albeit it's competition at a different price point. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. And I guess is it is it still with those auction campaigns or, you know, I understand that you're probably positioning them differently from the outset to potentially you would have last year where any Tom, Dick or Harry could have popped a for sale board out the front of any property and it would have flown out the door. But now I guess there's a lot more strategy involved from a sales agent perspective and sales strategy. So are you finding that you are having to change any of those strategies in this market or were you kind of always doing as you are now? Yeah, I don't think my process changes a hell of a lot. Like I'm a bit of a creature of habit. (laughs) Um, But I think in a hotter market, you could look at the sales from three, four months ago and they'd be relevant. What we're needing to do now is we're, you know, beyond six weeks ago, they're not relevant. So Mm. you've really got to hone in on sales that have happened between zero and six weeks ago. Yeah. And then position it in accordance with those sales and where it represents value. So it's more about educating the owners and being upfront on your opinion on price yeah. from the get-go. And then that way, if it's all in line, great. That's where essentially there is a really good outcome. Mm. If things don't align, well, that's where a private sale is yeah. probably going to be best mm. um, or an expressions of interest yeah. campaign pending on in the area you're in, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. and interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming as well this, this podcast is very much in its infancy, but I imagine that most of the listeners will be Melbourne and Victoria-based and we know in Melbourne, Melbourne is the auction capital of Australia. It's how we sell property. A lot of people from a lot of other parts of Australia and the world, probably except for Sydney, and I think it's coming into Brisbane a little bit now too, is they don't really understand an auction. Like do you literally stand on the street and scream out how much you'd like to pay for the property? But that is what we do and it's an interesting way of selling property but it really really works doesn't it 
Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, it's not one size fits all no. once again. And sometimes, you know, Melbourne agents can be a little bit guilty of putting themselves on autopilot yeah. and saying auction, <laughs> auction, auction. So you really need to assess the property, assess what the owner's yep. sort of hopes and dreams are mm. and what their expectations are. And I think really then you'll come to an agreement or a realisation of which way is the way to go. But with that, you need experience yep. to actually realise, okay, well, this is probably the way to go versus an auction campaign. Definitely. And the way I explain an auction for vendors are a little bit nervous, but auction probably is the way to go. Mm. An auction's a private sale up until auction day. Yeah. So if you get a good offer before, you can always consider it and look at it. Exactly. And I think that's an interesting thing too. You know, when I'm dealing with vendors as a vendor advocate as well, we talk about auction and, and people focus so much on auction day and what's going to happen on auction day and what happens if this happens and what happens if that happens. And all of those things are really important questions and we can talk through, you know, different strategies and things like that for auction day. But the beauty of an auction and the beauty of any way of selling property is that as soon as it's on the market, it's for sale. So if you're going to get an offer early on in an auction campaign and it makes sense to look at that offer, bring that auction forward or just outright accept that offer or whatever – the vendor's right is to accept an offer at any time. The property's on the market. It doesn't have to sell necessarily under the hammer. Absolutely. Mm. And I, I think with that point as well, really good point you made, once it's on the market, it's for sale. Yeah. It's available. And I think this is probably in a changing market, mm. this is where agents differentiate themselves because – you know, you'll meet some agents and I'm sure buyers have walked through properties and it's like, oh, we, we've got some interest. Would they look at an offer before? And some agents are almost on autopilot. No, yeah. it must go to auction. No, it's mm. got to go to auction. But I think where agents will differentiate themselves is by having really good conversations with buyers and actually qualifying those buyers to know exactly yeah. where they sit within the process. And it might be in the vendor's best interest to be taking an offer from a buyer that might be above the rest of the market And then that's when you need to look at it and consider because sometimes, especially in this market, sometimes your first buyer is your best buyer. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And it's also just having those conversations with the vendor prior to listing the property. Yeah. So that when it presents itself, you've had that conversation. Yeah. And you've kind of talked through the different ways that you might be moving. And I think that's really important. I think that is something that you do really well in the campaigns that we've worked together when I've been the vendor advocate and you've been the sales agent, we've also been involved where I've bought from you as the selling agent and I'm the buyer's advocate. Mm-hmm. And I think that through those dealings or through those negotiations, I know that you do find that information out and you know your vendors really well, but you've already had those conversations. So it's not necessarily about, you know, if I'm coming to you as a buyer and I'm saying, well, Sam, will your vendor do this? Will your vendor do that? Or asking questions about the offer or the sales process, you already know exactly kind of where they sit and how that's positioned and how they're kind of going to feel with that to be able to feel out the buyer that way or, you know, depending on which side you're sitting on. And I think that that's something that's often missed by sales agents is actually being a little bit too afraid to have some of those hard conversations or perceived to be hard, right? We don't know. Yeah, I I think there's probably a fear to actually have those conversations, Mm. but I think the key element with all of this is trust. Yeah. And if you don't have trust with your client or they, they don't trust you 
And that's why typically real estate agents, you know, they've got a bad name historically. <laughs> Use car salesmen. Yeah. You see about that with the family every dinner. I think they just sit one below politicians on the most hated profession in Australia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to change that slowly but surely. And I think, you know, if you've got mutual respect and trust yeah. with your client and you can have daily conversations, and this is the one thing as well, agents typically don't want to talk about price mm. with buyers because they're afraid that they'll get a response that they don't like. Yeah. I say from the outset with my vendors, we're going to be talking price every day. Yeah. And we'll be adjusting and monitoring the market as to where the market sits in relation to your expectations. Mm. If the market's telling us that it's, you know, we might be a little bit above market, I'll tell you. I'll be up front. At the end of the day, a buyer's never going to tell you what they're really going to spend. No. And I get that. But at the same time, I've got a duty of care to my client to actually, you know, pass on all feedback mm. and then also strategize to then put us in the best position yeah. to get the best price. Yeah. And I think that's that's fantastic, you know, um, working with other agents as well. And once again, not to, you know, poo-poo or trash talk anyone. I would yeah. never do that. Yeah. But I have worked with agents that, you know, they might come to me as the vendor advocate for me to then pass that feedback on to the vendor They'll say, oh, you know, we had a few buyers through on the weekend. One didn't like it because it's too dark. And that's kind of the end of the feedback. And so I'd go back and I said, well, I can't go back to my vendor with that feedback because saying it's too dark doesn't really answer a lot of questions. So are we talking about it's too dark in one particular room? What are they planning on doing in that room? What time of day did they inspect the property? What was the weather condition when they inspected the property? You know, because if we can paint a fuller picture and say, well, look, okay, maybe at the end of the day, that buyer's not going to buy it anyway. It doesn't matter. But what we might be able to do moving forward, especially in potentially a tumultuous or a little bit of a slower campaign that feedback's really critical, right, from buyers because it might mean that, well, maybe if we had a 4pm open for inspections that day, it felt a little bit dark because it was a dreary day. But really, if we're going to have a 10am on a sunny day, that property's not going to feel dark at all. So that sort of feedback, that sort of thing, whether it's price related or just generally about the property overall, we want the agent to be really extracting that from the buyer in order to best position the vendor's property and kind of change things if we need, right? Like it shouldn't be stagnant. We should be able to change and adapt and, you know, be agile through the process. Yeah. As agents, our obligation is to overcome objections. Mm, exactly. And I think with that in mind, sometimes the buyer just won't buy it. Exactly. That's naturally, as you mentioned, what could happen. But at the same time, we're salespeople and we're mm. not order takers. And we sort of spoke about this this morning as well where mm. – they're employing us to sell their property. If we just opened the door, gave people a brochure and we were a glorified door opener, yeah. the vendors would sell it themselves. Yeah. So essentially we are required to obviously point out the differences in the property and, and the benefits, mm. but then also be realistic with that buyer. And I think, you know, if you're not realistic with that buyer, people will see straight through it. If you say yeah. this is the best house in the world, you're never going to see a better house ever. Yeah. Blah, blah, and I'm familiar with people in my marketplace that do say that. <laughs> then, you know, they're going to see right through that. Yeah. But if you actually are quite intimate with your detailing and actually genuine mm. with your feedback, 
they will take it on board. And that's where you can turn a 50-50 buyer into yeah. someone that's absolutely red hot. And that could be the difference between selling it and not selling it. Yeah. Or selling it for a hundred grand more than what the next best buyer might be prepared to pay. Exactly. And just even and I always say this to vendors, you know, and I'm sure you say this to buyers as well. It's about having those people involved. They may not be your buyer. They may not be the person who pays the absolute most, but without having them involved, the person who does eventually pay the most wouldn't have paid the price they would have if that person wasn't involved because they've then pushed them up and made that other person, you know, be prepared to pay more for the property. So every single person that comes through is vital, right? Whether they're the buyer or they're not, no one should be discounted. No feedback should be discounted. Oh, 100%. Some buyers won't let you know they're interested. Yeah, exactly. So you need to really qualify them. And mm. I think that's where there's a combination of skill set and yeah. work ethic. Yeah. Like some agents will just say, yep, no, that's fine. You know, I'm going to play my golf on Friday. Yeah. But then other, <laughs> uh, other, other agents will be out there. And this is probably for the younger agents as well out mm. in the industry is – they will create opportunities out there for a lot of vendors mm. where a buyer might be 50-50 and it's happened for me in the past where you've got them through on the Friday, the Saturday before the auction. I remember it was one in Thomasina Street in East Bentley actually mm. and this buyer didn't buy it on the day but there was two bidders. They came second. They pushed that buyer up $80,000. Yeah. Without that buyer, there wouldn't have been that $80,000. And the vendor would have been prepared to sell it, but we would have left money on the table. Without even realising, right. And that's through your skill set that you were able to get them through on the Friday and not take your golf day. I'm not good at golf anyway. (laughs) Well, that, you know, neither am I, but I'm not good at even walking in a straight line. So, (laughs) (laughs) Me too sometimes. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Sam. And I guess before we kind of wrap it all up, it's been really, really insightful and I always love having conversations with you. I think that you're a wealth of knowledge within the industry, but also just the the way you approach real estate is, is really, really refreshing. And we talk about other agents and not to focus on other people or other noise too much, but it is really, really refreshing to just speak to an honest, genuine, ethical sales agent who's not just out to make a quick buck, who has made a few bucks, well done, <laughs> but, but obviously done it through, you know, just dedication and also that client relationship, which is often missed by so many people. So if our listeners are wanting to get in touch with you, interested in what you've been speaking about, have a property to sell, what areas do you service and how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so office is obviously based in Bentley. Yep. So Bentley, Ormond, East Bentley, McKinnon, mm-hmm. Murrumbina, Carnegie. Mm-hmm. But growing up in Aspendale, sort of I service anywhere sort of down to Bomb Beach. And because yep. we have offices in these areas, we work alongside a co-agent. So I've got a sub penthouse in Port Melbourne at the moment, yeah, for example. Yeah, I so, saw. Well done. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, th- you know, uh, a number of areas. But, mm-hmm. you know, naturally, if I'm not in the best position to sell that property, I'll be upfront with the yeah. owner and say, listen, I'm probably not the right person for the job. But I think at the end of the day, people employ people. Yeah. And it is a bit of an energy business. And I think there is a bit of a market out there for an honest real estate agent. There really, really is. I think you're definitely filling that gap. So, well done. Look, I'll put all of your contact details in the show notes so people can get in touch with you if they'd like to off their own back but thank you so much for coming on today sam i really love talking to you thanks eva always love catching up no worries see See ya see you thank you so much for listening to another episode of the property files i'm your host eva horsley so if you'd like more information on me or ravici property group or what i do or today's guest please refer to our show notes I'm really looking forward to having you listen in on the next episode.